Hi, I'm Paul Johnson. Thanks for listening to the podcast from Life Support. Statistics do show that half of Americans are struggling with their mental health and subs- or and or substance use disorder. Wow, half. half. Wow. Um, and only half of those people are getting help, are getting support. So, yeah, I would call that a mental health crisis, actually. Mm-hmm. So, um, and the our brains have not caught up with the speed of the world. Our guest today is Vicki Elliott the executive director of Mental Health Connect, an organization that provides community-based support and education to improve access to mental health services and to connect families to those services. Vicki also will share her own story of trauma and where hope is found today on Life Support. Everything you do from then on is different. One of the detectives, I think his name was He was Derek. a golden boy. And all we can do right now Hey, welcome to Life Support. I'm so glad you're here. What we do on our podcast, on our radio show, is we want to help you find a a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ, because sometimes at the hardest points of life, in suffering, in trauma, that's when God makes himself known, and that's when we drive our deep roots of faith into the ground. And so we want to encourage you today. We have a special guest with us, Vicki Elliott from MH Connect. That's Mental Health Connect. And Vicki, thanks so much for being with us. Uh, we have been talking a lot about mental health together. Um, and you told us last time this was born out of a struggle that your son had, and you've taken it now, and you are using it to help other people. Uh, before we dive into some topics, I really want to touch on what exactly is MH Connect. Yeah. Mental Health Connect is a local nonprofit, collaborative nonprofit. Uh, we're working with churches and faith communities in the Twin Cities to help them have tools and resources for their community. We also operate a navigation phone, text, email line where you can call us and get some help and some resources from us. And then we're doing a lot of education around uh, mental health and substance use and suicide prevention and uh, hoping to reduce the stigma and open up conversations. That's very good. Now, we live in a world that's um, a little crazy once in a while. And um, we've been through some major traumatic events just in the last few years. In fact, if you want to just go 20 years back, which isn't a very long time, you're talking about things like 9-11, you're talking about wars in Iraq, you're talking about COVID, you're talking about um, deeply divided country elections just recently. People seem really on edge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if, if you know, I'm not a, I'm not a psychiatrist, but there's a lot of people that I think are depressed and don't even know it. Mm-hmm. Um, is it possible that we're just not keeping up with what's going on and our brains are just like frying because things are changing so fast? Absolutely. Um, yeah, if you think about how fast the world is moving right now, I think, you know, when you were just saying that, I was thinking about just the things that have happened maybe in the last three weeks. 
Mm-hmm. You know, we hear things about a war uh, with Russia and Ukraine. We're here. We just had an election. We just had, you know, all of the things. There's still COVID. Um, yep. We're still uh, somewhat isolated in a lot of ways. Um, isolation is horrible. Um, there, there, that's just in a very short period of time. So, and and then the technology and the the amount of things, of visions, you know, things that we see on our on our phones and TV. Um, it's a lot. It's yeah. a lot for somebody. I remember when my my kids were uh, really young, and um, before Facebook, there was this thing called MySpace. And I remember these speakers would go around to churches, and they'd say, you know. Get your kids off of MySpace. And it was like one chat room with their friends, you know, and that's all they had. No videos, nothing. Now they're staring at Instagram, TikTok, uh, Twitter, um, YouTube. They've got so much information coming at them. It's frightening. It really is. And as a parent, you kind of feel overwhelmed by that. You, you, you don't know, like, how do you exactly get them to tune off? But then I look at my own life. And I'm just as bad, yeah. only it's just a different thing. Mm-hmm. So what is this doing to us, do you think? I mean, does does America have a mental health problem? Well, that's a big question. Yeah. Um, that's why you're here, because you're well, the expert, see. <laughs> uh, statistics do show that half of Americans are struggling with their mental health and, subs- or, and or substance use disorder. Wow, half. Half. Wow. Um, and only half of those people are getting help, are getting support. So, yeah, I would call that a mental health crisis, actually. Mm-hmm. So, um, and the, our brains have not caught up with the speed of the world. And um, so taking breaks from that is so critical. I know it's hard to do. We have email. We have things that we have to look at and see for um, our lives, too. So I get what you're saying about kids. But... Um, we have to take a break. You have to turn it off. You have to shut the TV off, shut the radio off, shut your phone off. Um, your brain needs that break. It needs to stop processing because while you're looking at things, it's continually processing and thinking about that and trying to organize it, and it can't, right, right. which causes anxiety, and it causes depression, and it, a lot of other things. And if you're already susceptible to a mental health condition, if you already were struggling before all of this, it's just worse. You know, what you could do, too, is read the Bible, and you can do that at your own pace. Yes. And there's truth there, and it actually is real stuff instead of uh, fake stuff that you see on social media. But if your statistics are correct, that means there's probably about 80 million people in America that are struggling with mental health that are getting no help at all. Right. 80 million people. Right. That's a lot of people. Exactly. Which means that you're probably in touch with somebody in your sphere of influence that is struggling with their mental health. So how do I know if my friends are struggling with their mental health? How do I know if my family member is struggling with mental health? Yeah, I think we have to have those conversations. We have to ask, how have you been doing? How is your mental health? And at first, and when just you, say it like that. I think so. I yeah. think when you first ask it for the first time, people are shocked. Like, what? What are you asking me? I'm asking how your mental health is. How are you doing? We ask each other all the time, how's your physical health? Like, if you had been diagnosed with something, or how's your cancer? How's your chemo going? Sure. How, how's your diabetes? We talk about that stuff all the time. Why not talk about our mental health? Mm-hmm. Because it seems so personal, and it seems so, um, if you don't trust that person, it seems so intrusive. But if it's somebody you trust, then it feels loving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we do have to be careful about who we say it to and, and how. But 
Um, if we see somebody struggling and we don't do anything about it, then that's you know that's not going to help them in the least bit because they're going to feel they're going to feel like no one understands me. There's no one I can talk to, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the the thing I found about mental health is it's incredibly isolating. Yeah. And tell me about that a little bit, because um, there are a lot of people walking around their own little worlds, and there's darkness in their hearts and souls, and they're really struggling. Yeah. I um, I talk about, uh, there's a story, after my son passed away, I, uh, I was literally paralyzed with fear and uh, g- grief, and I didn't know what to do. I mean, I didn't come out of my bedroom for probably a week because I was just, I didn't know if I should, I didn't know what to do. Do I yeah. go to work? Do I call mm-hmm. someone? I don't know what to do. What do people do when they have a child that dies? I mm-hmm. have no idea. Um, that isolation, you start to make up your own story in your own head, mm-hmm. right? Yep. It's not its not how other people see you. It's not how God sees you. It's how you're thinking of yourself. And that's the danger is um, with isolation is um, the story's not real in your head. You need, to, you need to get out and see people and talk to people and share with people so that you can see how they see you and how God sees you, which is very different than what you're probably thinking mm-hmm. in your head. Yeah, that's really interesting. After we lost our son, it was a very public um, event, and I remember um, the the first call I had with um, a group of detectives. Their their counsel was to me, "Hey, listen, Mr. Johnson, don't ever don't talk to the media. Period. Like, stay away from the media." But then I remember going home, and every channel I turned on, local news, there was this story. So I began to think that well, we can never leave the house. And then when we'd go to the store or something, if we did venture out. I, I had this feeling like everyone was looking at me. Yeah. Like, and I, and then I, I, I freaked out. Mm-hmm. And I bet it was three or four months before we went to a restaurant. Mm-hmm. And because it, it's true, it, you just start to feel. And, and after the original story, probably nobody even thought of it until maybe the trial was on TV or something. But man, it sure feels like everyone's staring at you, mm-hmm. you know, because it's so real to you. Like, and that's your only reality. That's your only perception yeah. is what's in your mm-hmm. head. So it's isolation's yeah, and, dangerous. Yeah, and when, yeah, that's exactly right. We're talking um, about mental health with Vicki Elliott from Mental Health Connect. Um, with COVID um, and all of the isolation that went on with COVID, um, I think it's it's kind of easy to forget um, that we were actually not with anybody for a long time. Um, I remember trying to keep the church staff together for 13, 15 weeks, you know, by Zoom. And and it's just, you can't do it. We're meant to be together. What did you see um, happen in the area of mental health during COVID? And how are you noticing now people are different as they come out of COVID? Yeah, well, um, uh, (laughs) Mental Health Connect has really taken off since COVID began, I will Mm -hmm. say that. Um, And it did do some positive things. It brought awareness to mental health, which is has been good. But the bad part is, is I I would say everyone's mental health struggled during COVID. Yes. Um, in some way or some form, um, whether it was uh, fear, uh, fear of of not knowing what the future was going to be, fear of not knowing when this was going to end, um, fear of what what was next, when would I see my people again. Um, 
sadness from being alone and not having any social activities. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was terrible. And we had a lot of calls to our navigation line. Um, I remember we had one call and uh, our navigator at that time asked the person, when is the last time you stepped outside of your house? And this person said, well, it's probably been at least six months. Wow. She said, I get my groceries delivered. I work from home. I, and it was the advice was maybe could you get out? Could you step out? Could you go for a walk? Could you? Right. We forgot that yes. it was because we were afraid. Yeah. We were afraid. I hope, I hope they had a nice house. That's a, that's a long time to spend in your house. But I, but I totally get it. Yeah. And, and we were being told to be afraid. Paul will be back with Vicki Elliott in just a moment. One of the resources available as a way for all of us to come alongside each other and strengthen congregations is called Caring for Mental Health, a 10-part small group series for your church. Log on to lifesupportresources.org for more information. That's lifesupportresources.org. And now back to Paul and Vicki Elliott. You stepped outside of your house. And this person said, well, it's probably been at least six months. Wow. She said, I get my groceries delivered. I work from home. I, and it was the advice was maybe could you get out? Could you step out? Could you go for a walk? Could you? Right. We forgot that yes. it was because we were afraid. Yeah. We were afraid. I hope, I hope they had a nice house. That's a, that's a long time to spend in your house. But I, but I totally get it. Yeah. And, and we were being told to be afraid. Yes. Right? And then the, the normal places that we would go to find comfort, church, um, our small group, our, the, the sports team we play on, the choir we sing, whatever, none of them, they were all done. School. Schools School. were closed. Yeah. And so there was, there was no place to go. And, 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 it, and I think that that was the hardest thing for me is that all of the places that I go to just be able to turn my mind off, to get comfort, to be with people were all of a sudden not there anymore. Mm-hmm. And you have to rec- almost recreate your whole life mm-hmm. and how you do life. Mm-hmm. And then you have to watch out for your family too. So there's that pressure. You see your kids and you see how they're falling behind in school and you're and you're, you know, and they're trying to do school online, which is an impossibility for some kids and it it, it was just really rough, but I think it was more like a mass trauma event mm-hmm. for everybody all at once and so we were all in this together, but I think we were all in a million different places. Yeah. Yeah. And depending on uh, what your work was like, what Mm -hmm. your house is like, what do you like your family? Some people didn't really like their family all that much. Yeah, that's right. And they were reminded of that fact. Exactly. (laughs) It's like having Christmas forever. It's like, oh, no. Yeah. But I think the biggest thing about it was the uncertainty. Like human beings like to try to attempt to predict what's Mm -hmm. going to be happening in some ways. And we just could not make any predictions on what was happening. It was kind of every two weeks or every week or in the beginning, it was every day. All right, it's still happening. It's still Mm -hmm. happening. We don't know. We don't know. It's like, who knows? Um, So that uncertainty can be really scary. I remember when COVID was uh, in its early stages and um, uh, we would do our Zoom staff call in the morning, and then right around um, one or two o'clock was Tim Walls's press conference. Mm-hmm. So I'd watch that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Right around four or five o'clock was the president's press conference. So I'd watch that whole thing. You're talking about probably four hours of television there, just about COVID, every day. Right. But every day they're saying new stuff, and it's it was confusing. You know, uh, wear masks, don't wear masks, should do this, should not do this. 
and but yet it was so such a, a harsh reality that you couldn't kind of not watch. I know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure we're past that yet. I, I go to the store and I see people, if I get too close to them in the aisle, uh, where you used to just have a conversation with somebody or say, excuse me, or just kind of reach around them to grab a can of soup. Well, you can't do that anymore. Mm-mm. And so mm-hmm. society has changed. And I, and I think part of this whole issue is how do we adjust to this new world we live in? And I don't. I think some people are maybe better at doing it than others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and depending on how hard COVID was for you, was right. that a you know an extreme stressor for you? Mm-hmm. It's it's harder to reacclimate. I think of even hugging. You know, I usually mm-hmm. you see your your acquaint even acquaintances. You know, yep. you give each other a hug and welcome mm-hmm. each other. It's so good to see you. And now it's like, can I shake your hand? Or can yeah. I, what yeah. what well, would you, you like give to do? Give them a fist bump, right? I don't want to do a fist bump. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It, it's it's strange. Mm-hmm. What do you think that the the uh, political division in the United States has done to people's mental health? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, that is a topic I would love to address at Mental Health Connect as part of our education is how you can have different opinions but still love each other. Yeah. Like I don't I don't have to agree with you. It, that doesn't matter. I still love you as a human being. It it, it doesn't make a difference. Um We've gotten so black and white, and there's no gray anymore. I don't know how that happened. I don't know if that's if it's you know television, or if it's um, you know what the influence is there. There's been a lot of them, but I'm just thinking off the top of my head, definitely Mm -hmm. television. Mm -hmm. But uh, it doesn't have to be black or white. There's so much gray, and um, the other thing is, is none of it really matters in the end. That's that's the other thing. It's like don't forget, Mm -hmm. this doesn't Mm -hmm. even matter. Yeah. I know it feels like it matters right now today because you saw it on TV and it's making you anxious and you're worried about it, right. but ultimately it doesn't really matter. Right. I think that um, what I'm trying to do is call uh, my congregation just constantly calling them back to their first love. Mm. Christ, mm-hmm. Christ, Christ. And, um, you know, the Bible actually is political. Jesus is a king. We are subjects in his kingdom. Um but it'll be a perfect kingdom, mm-hmm. a kingdom of righteousness. And I think, you know, the issues that we're facing, um, we feel them so deeply sometimes, you know, um, the the pro-life issue, the the inflation issue, all those things affect us every minute of every day. At the end of it, it, it when all is said and done, though, uh, Jesus is going to reign as king. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I want to keep reminding people of that. Yeah, yeah. And... Uh, there's another thing that I always have to tell myself over and over, and I think it's helpful, but I always have to say faith over fear, mm-hmm. faith over fear. Um, and I and I have to remind myself of that, too. Sometimes I get nervous or I get anxious and I'm fearful, and then that can stop me from doing what I need to do. Mm-hmm. That can stop me from using my gifts and sharing myself with others. I have to say, no, you're not going to be afraid of this. You're going right. to have faith, and you're going to know that you're in the right place and God is guiding you, and you're not going to be fearful. Yeah, one of the things that I'm concerned about um, as uh, for, for the Christian community, um, the world has become so um, unnerving in so many different ways. And we've talked about COVID. Now you're talking about, you know, what, what are my kids being taught in school? Um, all of these different issues. I'm really afraid we're going to withdraw. Mm-hmm. Mm. And we're going to go into our camp. Mm-hmm. And I think of a public school with no Christian kids, no parents on the PTA. That really frightens me. Mm-hmm. Because who's going to reach these people for Christ if we're so afraid? Mm-hmm. 
to confront culture in a in a loving way. Mm. Um, and I see that happening, though. I see us starting to go on the retreat. I see, you know, um, and I'm not judging any parent for anything they do with their kids. It's their thing with God, but but it's becoming more and more common now. Their parents are pulling their kids out of school. Um, you know, uh, the 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 church should be a center of social uh, interaction, but so should community organizations too. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I just want to caution people, man, listen, we still, you know, Jesus didn't qualify the Great Commission with if times are good. And um, when I look at the Christians in Rome and what they were dealing with, with a with a bloodthirsty emperor, their relatives were being regularly executed. And, and what did Paul say? He said, I want you to pray for your leaders. I want you to live a dignified life because I want everyone to get saved. I want them to look at you and see something different. And I'm, I think you're 100% right. If, if we give in to fear like that, um, then the world is not going to hear about Jesus the way it needs to. Mm-hmm. So I'm with you 100%. So I guess that leads to the question, how do you overcome fear then? How do you, do you just talk yourself into doing things, or is there a process that you can go through to sort of um, overcome some of these deep-set fears that have, have come to us now in this time in our lives? Yeah. I think, you know, you have to remember what you value and write Mm -hmm. it down if you have to, because that can be forgotten so easily when you see something. So write it down. Like, what is important to you? Like, one of the things that is important to me is I I don't like it when people talk bad about each other. Mm -hmm. So when I hear a politician on TV Mm -hmm. and they're talking bad about the other person, I'm like, you're out. I'm not voting for you. Mm -hmm. Right, right. (laughs) But I feel like... There's no one left to vote for. I know. It's a a struggle. It is. It is. But that is really important to me. And I think as individuals, we should practice the same thing. Like, make sure you're not talking bad about your neighbors and your friends. And because... um, just because, again, they don't agree with you or they don't mm-hmm. have the same opinion as you. And just remember, it is only an opinion that you have. It is not mm-hmm. fact. It is just your opinion. Um, that doesn't mean you can't love them and care for them. So I think writing down your values, writing down what's important to you, sticking to that. Read the Bible. There's so much. There's a wealth of information in there that can guide you and help you come out of that. Stay in the Word. Mm-hmm. That can help. Turn the TV off and stay in the Word. Yeah. Um, there are, um, I think, you know, stay with like-minded people. Not like-minded, but people that can support you. Yes. So people that will love you. People mm-hmm. that are like, you should, and be honest with you in saying, you shouldn't be saying that. Don't think that way. That's not good. Let's let's stay, mm-hmm. let's rise above this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think meditation and praying and taking just, even if it's just five minutes a day, just take some time and just be quiet and silent and listen for some messages that mm-hmm. you might really need to hear that day. Yeah, I think that's that's really good advice. Um, Jesus got a way to pray. Yeah. I mean, and um, I'm guessing, you know, he was like the rock star of the day. His world was probably pretty chaotic. Mm-hmm. And um, he just disappeared and went and prayed. And his disciples sometimes were just like, they went looking for him. They should have known better. They should have known what he was doing. But here's the Son of God who who was very, very human, 100% human, and he had to deal with that humanity. And I, I can't honestly say I understand that relationship between he and his father completely because no one ever will, but but he needed that time. Mm-hmm. And so if we're going to model ourselves after Christ, then we need to give ourselves that time as well, which I'm frankly terrible at. Mm-hmm. And um, there's probably not a lot of people that are great at that. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. 
because there's always something coming at you, right? Mm -hmm. So tell me again about Mental Health Connect and um, what kind of uh, services do you offer? How do I get a hold of Mental Health Connect? Yeah. So Mental Health Connect really focuses on three areas. One is our navigation line that you can text, call, or email, and we will help you get the services that you need. We'll we'll give you resources and, and tools that you can use. The second thing is we collaborate with faith communities so that they have the tools and the resources they need so they can support their community. And last, education is huge. Uh, The more we know about mental health and substance use disorder, the more we can support ourselves and our our community as well. So, and reducing that stigma. We are at 612-MHC-1220, and our website is mhconnect.org. And so if I call or get a hold, uh, no one's going to show up at my house? No one's going to show up at your house. No one's going to ask me for money? No one is going to ask you for money. (laughs) And they're just going to want to help me, right? Yes. That is our number one goal. We just want to support people. Okay, give that website one more time. mhconnect.org. Vicki, it's been really good to, to meet you. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise, and I wish you the best. Thank you. Thanks so much. Hey, if you're listening and you're thinking that um, you're alone, I want to just share uh, an encouraging verse with you. Psalm 147, verse 3. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. And that is encouraging to me because I have a lot of wounds. I have been brokenhearted. Um, I continually, um, this world continues to break my heart. But I know that God understands that, and God is there to bind up my wounds, and I take a lot of joy and hope in that, and I hope that you can too. I want to thank our partners that help make life support possible. Uh, Faith Radio has been wonderful. You can find this on their platform at myfaithradio.com. You can find a video portion of this podcast at fivestonemedia.com. And you can also check us out here at Ridgewood Church at myrwc.org. And thanks so much for listening to Life Support. One of the resources available as a way for all of us to come alongside each other and strengthen congregations is called Caring for Mental Health, a 10-part small group series for your church. Log on to lifesupportresources.org for more information. That's lifesupportresources.org. listening to this life support podcast these conversations are available because of listener support you can make a gift now at myfaithradio.com to avoid missing future editions of life support subscribe to the podcast today at itunes or your podcast player and thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and grow the impact of life support